Welcome back to our number two of the ESPN 1320 Insiders. Get ready for the most up-to-date sports news and talk with the ESPN 1320 Insiders. Hour number two. Well, half, half, half of, half of an hour for you. Yeah, half of an hour. Yeah, we got James heading down to Monty McNair's post-trade deadline press conference. That is today at noon. So James, uh, as our as our ESPN 1320 Kings insider, and of course, um, proprietor of the Kings Beat, uh, KingsBeat.com, and subscribe to the Kings Beat podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, he will be down there covering that press conference. I will be with Damian Barling for the final half hour of this show. We'll talk Super Bowl props, predictions, uh, just general Super Bowl stuff. That's what we've been doing uh, so far today. What are you going to ask Monty in his presser? Um, what are you? What are you? What are you hoping to to ask? I mean, I think the question is is like it's just sitting there and it has to be asked like in a tactful way. But the goal was to maintain and improve. Mm-hmm. And I understand maintaining because you are the same record that you were last year, mm-hmm. but I'm having a hard time seeing the path forward to improvement. And I'm wondering why they didn't address some of that at the deadline. Um, but you know, who knows? Maybe they didn't have something. Maybe they didn't, maybe whatever was out there was too costly and they, they just weren't going to dive in and, you know, trade a bunch of assets when it could be something that doesn't move the needle. And and the other thing, what if some of the players that you want or all of the players that you really covet just weren't available? Mm-hmm. What if, you know, you, the Wizards just weren't going to trade Kyle Kuzma and the, the Jeremy Grants of the world just weren't getting moved. And so I think at the end of the day, like if you don't need to make a move to make a move, you need to make a move because your team is struggling uh, mm-hmm. here and there. You're, you need to make a move because your team isn't great. Um, but... You know, like those are some of the questions that like I would probably hit Monty with. Can't wait. That's coming up at noon. But coming up right now, Mad Props. It's time for Mad Props. Two games, two props. Which number will be higher? That's for Kyle and James to decide. Here's Mad Props. Hell yeah, here's Mad Props. We haven't done this in weeks. I haven't heard the the intro forever. It's been, seriously, like, because I wasn't here... Yeah, you were gone. Two weeks ago. We didn't do one last week. Yeah, God, I haven't done this in like a month. All right. Well, it's back, and it is for the Super Bowl and the Kings matchup against the Denver Nuggets. So I thought about doing a Super Bowl only or a Super Bowl Sunday edition of Mad Props because the Kings play on Super Bowl Sunday. Mm-hmm. But the nature of the bit gets ruined if somebody gets hurt or sits out or whatever. Well, that's so, true. So I, I did. I, I did tonight's game. And I feel good about it. All right. Okay. Christian McCaffrey, here's how we're going to start. Christian McCaffrey touches. So that's receptions and rushes. Mm-hmm. Or Demonis Sabonis points against Nikola Jokic and the Nuggets. I am going Christian McCaffrey. Okay. 27 touches. Uh, I think Sabonis will have 18, 19 points. Um, but that's where I'm going. I land at like 22 for McCaffrey. I'm also under the impression that we're going to see some Elijah Mitchell, not for like a heavy workload or anything, but I think we're going to see him on the field together at certain times, particularly maybe in like a second and one mm-hmm. where they want to get really weird. Um, man, I I think we're going to, so here's what I, I'm going to go McCaffrey, but I think it's because Domas is going to 
try and get Keegan Murray going. He's going to try and get De'Aaron Fox going. Okay. Um, I don't think he's going to go and see Jokic and be like, yeah, I'm going to go get us 40 tonight. I, I, I Keegan Murray didn't have a point last game. Hmm. I, I, I think that, that we're going to see Sabonis really try. And whether this is good or not, I don't know. Uh, I think we're going to see him really try and get into the offense where he's facilitating and getting other guys going and and living at that, you know, 16, 17 points, like you said. And I think McCaffrey might do more than 16 or 17 just carries, not on top of not not including his uh, his catches. I think he's going to get a lot like I, I think it's mm. going to be more like 25 to 27. Like I do. Yeah, think, it's a game to do it. Yeah. Like <laughs> like lay it all out there. Yeah. I mean, like this is a legacy game for him as well. Like he wants to go down as a Hall of Famer and, and all these things, and he's on his path. But like he needs to, he needs a signature game in the playoffs. I will tell you why later, and not not because it's a secret. It's just not that good of a story, and I don't want to burn airtime with it. But I'm so happy you just said the words "legacy game." Uh, Debo Samuel carries or De'Aaron Fox missed free throws. <sighs> I am gonna go Debo. Okay. I think Debo's going to have five or six carries, and I don't think Ooh. Fox can. Yeah, I think that they're going to. I think one of the first plays of the game is going to be a Debo in around. around. So I think we're. I, I think that he's going to get maybe like three carries, and I think we're going to see like those little shovel passes, those quick little pop passes. I think that's what we'll we'll see a couple of. Um, I'm going to go De'Aaron missed free throws oh. because I think you're going to see him try and attack the paint a lot tonight. And I think they're going to try and put Jokic in defensive actions, which we'll talk about coming up. And I think there are going to be a lot of trips to the line tonight for De'Aaron Fox. Okay. I mean, that I hope so. Like, I mean, I, I hope yeah. that that's the way that De'Aaron attacks this game because yeah. he needs a, he needs a get right game. Like a seven of 11, eight of 12 type of game from the line. And then I think Debo gets, like I said, two or three carries and then some other kind of touches. I think mm-hmm. he'll be heavily involved, just not so much as a rusher. Brock Purdy passing yards or Kings Nuggets total points? Mm, I'm going to... I'm going to go Kings Nuggets. Me too. Me too. Yeah. I think I think you're you're probably looking at like 220 or something for Brock. Okay. And I think it's because the yak is just not going to be there as much. I don't think there's going to be a, a short throw that goes for 50 yards. I don't think you're going to see anything yeah. crazy like that. And I don't know how much downfield stuff there's going to be. I think he might complete a lot of passes, but I don't think it's going to be for a ton of yards. I, I think he can still throw 250. I just think that Kings Nuggets, <laughs> if it's competitive, will be like 265. <laughs> okay, <laughs> that's fair. Same, same pick, different reasons. Yeah, see, uh, Casey Tucker in the chat said 267. I don't know if he meant, oh, he said passing yards. Total points, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. Total points, I, I'm thinking 265. Okay. Um, Brandon Ayuk targets or Keegan Murray three-point attempts? Brandon Ayuk targets. I'm going Ayuk. Okay. Oh, that's tough. I'm going, here's why, here's why I'm going Keegan, and if my logic swings you, go ahead uh, and, and change your pick. I'm going Keegan because he had no points last game. <laughs> and I mentioned earlier, I think Sabonis is, is really going to try and look for him. I think the Kings are going to run actions for him and try and get him going. Mm-hmm. And I think you see Keegan put up like eight or nine three-point attempts. And I don't know that the targets are going to be there for Brandon Ayuk. He lives in the intermediate and deep areas. 
And that's where I don't think the Chiefs are going to let the 49ers necessarily beat them. Okay. So I, I think you're looking at maybe five or six targets for Brandon Ayuk. I think you're looking at eight or nine three-point attempts. I'm going to counter with this. I know that the Chiefs want to take that area away. If they try to take that area away, McCaffrey's going to rush for 150 yards and Debo's going to get another 80 and you're okay. going to you're going to beat them on the ground into submission. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. All right. Uh Jake Moody made field goals or triple doubles recorded in the Kings Nuggets game. Triple doubles. <laughs> I think there will be two, and I don't, I think Moody will kick one. <laughs> That's so exactly the, what I had my uh, for the sake of the bit. I'll go with Moody. Uh, the Niners stall out a few times in the red zone, and he gets uh, a couple of chip shot field goal tries. Okay, and uh, and makes those. Uh, f- last one here: Forty Niners first half points. Forty Niners first half points or Malik Monk points. Oh, Malik's been rolling. Oh, okay. Can I do a can I do a spot on? You're gonna go draw? I'm gonna do draw. Oh, come on. That's a lot of faith in me, and I appreciate you for it. Thank you. I am. Wow. I'm, I'm going draw. I'm gonna say <laughs> 17 each. 17 each. Okay. I, I I'm going I'm going Malik. I think you're you, 17's about right. 17, 18. Super Bowls are hard, man. A- especially early on. I, I think the Niners go into the half with like 10 or 13 points. Okay. Yeah. So I, I'm going for the split. I I, God, I hope you're right. That would be sick. That would be really cool if that happens. <laughs> All right. That's Mad Props. We, we will keep these recorded. If you did your own, uh, write them down, and we'll go back over them on, on Monday after the game. We'll, we'll uh, assess the numbers, figure out which ones are right, which ones are wrong. We will pick a winner uh, between me and James, of course. And if you do better than us, then we will uh, throw your name on the screen and give you the props for it. The Mad Props. The mad props. We'll give you mad <laughs> props. All right. Final segment for James coming up. Uh, I'm hanging out until noon. Damian Barling will be here at uh, at 11.30 to, to talk some football with me. But before we do that, uh, we got to talk Kings Nuggets. Keys to a Kings victory and the matchup to watch. We'll have that for you next on ESPN 1320 Sacramento Sports Leader. Whoa. I forgot that mad props is supposed to have the full bed. So that's why you just heard that. Uh, on the way out. Oh, okay. My bad, y'all. Okay, here we go. We're out of here. On ES- not out of here. We'll be right back on it. Jesus, go. You're listening to The Insiders with James Ham and Kyle Madsen, sponsored by Jiffy Lube on ESPN 1320 and 98.5 HD2, We're back. That's James Ham. I'm Kyle Madsen. Kings Nuggets tonight at Golden One Center. Figuring out how to push buttons on the radio. Uh, James, we mentioned this earlier. Let's talk about it now. The matchup to watch in the Kings Nuggets game tonight. What is the number one matchup that you are looking forward to? Yeah, I mean, I think it's the the battle of of the bigs is is just spectacular in this game. Uh, again, these are two of the the great bigs that we've seen in the game, and the fact that I am going to mention uh, Demonis Sabonis in the same breath that you do Nikola Jokic 
like these guys were like one and two in in like so mm-hmm. many offensive categories last year, like plus minus uh, like all the advanced statistics. Sabonis was incredible last year, and, and he is this year as well. Um, and then Jokic, to me, it's one of the greatest joys of watching basketball is that sometimes somebody comes along that just doesn't make any sense. Mm-hmm. And they're so good at not making any sense. Mm-hmm. And they just stand out and you just sit there the whole time. Like, I don't know how it is that you are this wonderful at basketball, but I'm here for all of it. Yeah. So, I mean, this is like a prime matchup. And I think they really battle each other well. They yeah. do. Yeah. A lot of the same, a lot of the same uh, strengths and weaknesses as players. Mm-hmm. And I think each one tries to <laughs> tries to exploit that on on both ends so uh yeah i think this is the one all due respect to the De'Aaron fox uh um uh jamal murray matchup yeah uh, that's gonna be a lot of fun i would expect uh maybe they'll throw keegan on jamal murray uh at some points but i think you're gonna see De'Aaron fox try and take on that challenge and i i really think that after after last game i, I think you see a more spirited effort from from the kings tonight particularly De'Aaron fox yeah, and I think that's going to involve checking Jamal Murray, and I, I I think that's that'll be really really fun. But as far as the matchup to watch, it's it's Sabonis and, and Jokic, and I don't know if it's close. No, no, this is going to be brilliant. On the season, Jokic is averaging twenty six point three points, nine rebounds. I mean, nine assists, twelve point two rebounds, one point two steals, and a block. Um, he's a little bit better shot blocker. Uh, his three point percentage is is thirty six percent, where Sabonis is well over forty percent right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but just he's so gifted uh, around the rim. He's so like he he shoots those like moonshot seventeen foot jump oh. jumpers that there's nothing you can do about it. That's, there's no one in the league that can touch it. That's the big difference between Jokic and Sabonis for me. Yeah, is is Jokic shoots it eighteen times a game, and you just mentioned the threes. He takes three of them a game. Yeah, he just there are more areas of the floor that he is dangerous offensively as a scorer. I also like if I'm gonna rate that like. Sabonis is a better rebounder than Jokic. Mm. The fact that Jokic is taller, he mm-hmm. he ends up getting a few more rebounds. But mm-hmm. uh, Sabonis has been the most one of the most consistent rebounders we've ever seen in the game. Mm-hmm. Like he's like Fred McGriff hitting thirty homers and knocking in a hundred RBIs every year when it comes to rebounding. He's over twelve mm-hmm. every every year for like a five year stretch. Yeah, uh, Jokic is, is uh, like he's so he's he's very tall and has very long arms. And he ends up getting a bunch of, and just because he's such a big guy, mm-hmm. he ends up getting a bunch of cheapies. Um, that's not what Sabonis does. So I think he's a better rebounder, but I also think Jokic is a better passer. Are you implying that Sabonis doesn't get any cheap rebounds? That's crazy. That's well, nuts. He gets He's some. a great rebounder. I don't want to take away from that, but he has plenty that just fall to him. No, no, there is, but he also does a lot of the work. Yes. He does the yes, work he, early. He, he battles... He clears uh, out a lot of space, and that's why yes. he gets some of those yeah. that just fall to him. Yeah, it's yeah. not a lot of uh, just putting his arms up and tipping it away from. Yeah, it, it's it's also not the uh, opponents. Yeah, the old Moses Malone um, rebound putback. He he doesn't like play tip in like yeah. like uh, Jokic does on occasion. Jokic averages three offensive rebounds a game. His offensive rating this year, Jokic's is one thirty two. Oh my god. Yeah, whatever. He, he's so good, dude. Um, he is. He is. That's really, why, really good. Yeah, him and him and Sabonis battling is gonna be is gonna be a ton of fun, and I can't. I I, I can't wait to watch it. Uh, let's talk keys. 
How do the Kings get a win tonight uh, against the defending champion Denver Nuggets after losing to the six-win Detroit Pistons, James Ham? Forget Detroit. Yep. As much as uh, we want to just like go at them for that, uh, this happens. Mm-hmm. Um, you need you need to just move past it. Mm-hmm. And I saw it yesterday at practice. I, I they really did feel like a team that's like. They're in good spirits. They're having a good time. They felt like a team that is moving past whatever happened that night. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's what you have to do. You have to, you have to be a goldfish in, in the NBA. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. If, if they go in tonight, <laughs> like, oh my God, if you put that pressure on yourself, it just not, that's not going to, to fly. I, I, don't, I don't think that, you know what? You can't forget Detroit insofar as like that effort and understanding that what that effort leads to mm-hmm. in the NBA, but you can't also dwell on it. Yes. Uh, especially if you if you didn't have a, a great game on either side of the floor. Uh, number one for me, I talked about this earlier, as good as Nikola Jokic is, is offensively, you need to put him in every single offensive action. I want to see, I don't think we will, but I would love to see just a bunch of Fox and Sabonis pick and roll where they are getting Jokic, trying to defend De'Aaron Fox going downhill. Uh, the Kings are going to get out and run, you know, when they when they when they want. But I would love to see them make Jokic play defense. Yeah, you need to tire him out. That's a good way yes. to do it. You should push the tempo. You should go at him. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, again, this is a guy that he's sneaky good defensively. Yes, yeah, he's a really crafty defender. Like he he knows yeah. where to be on the floor. He knows how to use his size, his both his body and his and his arms. But at the same time. If he's trying to chase De'Aaron Fox around the court, that's not going to work out for Denver. No. And again, he's been in the top 10 in uh, defensive win shares each of the last four seasons. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, he's finished uh, the 2021-22 season, his second MVP. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was second in the league in defensive Man. win shares. Yeah. Like I said, not not because he's a bad defender, but it is a way to gas him. Yeah. So, uh, number two. Uh, De'Aaron Fox needs to step up. He hasn't been good enough since the calendar year turned 2024, just honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, he, you know, he's averaging, in the month of January, he averaged 22 points a game. Right now he's averaging, I think, 24 points a game in February. Like, they need him to be a force like he yep. was for the first three months of the season. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm right there. The Kings are going to go as De'Aaron Fox goes. Uh, number two for me, the, every three-point defense thing Mike Brown talked about after the Pistons game, you got to go execute it. Against Denver, Just Denver do doesn't shoot a ton of threes, but they make a lot of them. So uh, that's that's um, it, like literally execute the defensive game plan. That, yeah, that, <laughs> you just you have to because Denver will shoot it at sixty five percent if you leave them if you leave them open. Number three, number three for me, show you belong. Hmm. Um, you know the Kings are they've got a tough stretch here, and uh, they need to regain their footing and and put their stamp back on the season and. They're going to have an opportunity here against very good teams to mm-hmm. show that there is no playing down to the level of competition. Either you're going to play up or you're going to get stomped again yep. and again and again. Yep. So show that you belong right now. Yep. Uh, number three for me, bench has got to stay hot. Malik Monk's been really good. Trey Lyle's been really good. Davion Mitchell, I thought, was 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 good against, against Detroit. Whether he continues playing or not, TBD with Keon Ellis with the full roster spot now. But whoever's coming in off the bench, we talked about Denver's depth earlier. I think you have to match that and potentially be better 
if if you're gonna if you're gonna beat them. So I, I would like to see the bench continue uh, to do the the lifting they've been doing. Yeah, and I would like in in on that note, I'd like Mike Brown to kind of put his money where his mouth is when it comes to the three point line. If you can't defend the three point line, you have a player in Keon Else that you just signed to a full roster spot who's earned his way onto the roster, who brings energy, but who also defends the three-point line better than anyone else on your team. I'd like to see him get some action. Yeah, definitely. All right, that's three keys to a Kings victory. If they do those things, they will beat the Denver Nuggets. Hopefully, uh, they've been listening. Actually, that's six. Six keys. Six we each keys. give three. They do those six things, they will beat the Denver Nuggets. Uh, let's before, uh, before we get out of here, James, let's get a Super Bowl prediction, which is Sunday after the Kings take on the Oklahoma City Thunder. Uh, are you taking the Chiefs or are you taking the 49ers? Taking 49ers 23-17. Mm. I, I, so I, I refuse to waffle. I My knee-jerk pick... No waffling. My, no waffling. My knee-jerk reaction pick after the NFC Championship game was Chiefs 30, 49ers 23. I am more optimistic now about the 49ers chances than I was uh, after the NFC Championship game. The more I've talked about it, the more I dove in. Uh, but I'm not going to change my pick. Oh. I am st- I'm sticking with my guns on this, and I think the Chiefs uh, repeat as Super Bowl champions. All right, that's where we're at. we got plenty more coming up on ESPN 1320, Sacramento Sports Leader. You're listening to The Insiders with James Ham and Kyle Madsen, sponsored by Jiffy Lube on ESPN 1320 and 98.5 HD2, Sacramento Sports Leader. Now, back to the Insiders, brought to you by Jiffy Lou on ESPN 1320. Final segment taking you up to noon. D'Lo and Kenny will take over at noon. But right now, I'm Kyle. That's Jesse. I'm in. I'm Jesse Tapia in the building. Coming in, coming in off the bullpen. Coming in out of the bullpen, sitting in the big chair for the first time in Studio 2. Uh, how does it feel? This is, is that, Are you comfortable really in weird. there? It's like, it's almost like. I feel like we're not on air just because I don't have the board in front of me and all that. You feel like you're like setting everything up for Damien right now? Yeah, this is this is honestly really weird. Like the mic's just right here or whatever, but I'm with it. It's the big boy chair. Okay, great. So uh, I'm actually I'm I'm glad you're here. You're a huge football fan. You're not a fan of of the Chiefs or the 49ers. I have two questions because I want to know how you're watching this game. I know how 49ers fans are watching. I know how Chiefs fans are watching, but a, I want to know. I know there's a ton of Raider fans in the in in the chatty house. I want to know how you're watching this game. I already know Ramsey's out. Ramsey's like, I'm not watching. I'm not taking part. Yeah, he's not watching. He's not. He's not watching the San Francisco football team. That's fine, and I totally respect it. If you're committed to hating both teams, I like I said, that's a vibe. I respect it. I, I would like to know if you're a Raider fan. Uh, who are you rooting for here? Who do you want to see win? Uh, but Jesse, you're a Dolphins fan. How do you consume a Super Bowl that features the the 49ers and the Chiefs? Is there a team you like more or less? Is there a team you're rooting for? What do you like? I'm not rooting for anyone. I mean, the Chiefs beat up Miami in the first round of the what in the wild card or whatever. I'm over it. Not mad or whatever, obviously. But um, no, <laughs> not mad. Not mad. No, but I mean, don't I, write that I'm mad. Yeah, don't put I'm, in the newspaper that I'm mad. I'm, I'm not rooting for anyone in this game. But I do think I do think the Niners are going to come out of this one. With the you win. think they're going to win? Yeah, I think so, they're finally going to put it together. Why? Why? I don't have like this hard hitting analysis. It's just like against <laughs> the Detroit, against Detroit and Green Bay, they just played horrible. Like against Green Bay, they played good for about seven minutes of the game, and yeah. that was good enough to get them the win. Mm-hmm. Against Detroit, you played a good second half, that was good enough to get you the win. Mm-hmm. Now I'm just kind of like 
I believe they're more who they were in the regular season rather than who they were the last two weeks. So I'm just pretty much waiting for them to put it together, and I think they will on Sunday. That's that's the thing I'm I'm having the hardest time with, and it's such I feel like a like a bad analyst or whatever. But what you just said is the correct answer. I think if the 49ers play like they did September through December, I think they go in and win. But I'm anchoring really hard to the playoffs, where I can't get past the fact they had to come back to beat the Packers at home. And then they had to come back from 17 down and needed a lot of luck to go their way to beat the Lions at home. Maybe it's Team of Destiny vibes? Maybe. And, and that's, and that's I mean, if, if that's the way you want to go, maybe that's just what it is. Like, yeah, they made the plays. Detroit didn't. The Niners did. That's why the Niners are here. And now Kansas City, Detroit had guys dropping passes left and right, and now you have a Kansas City team who it feels like their receiving core has been defined all year by drop passes. So maybe that's just kind of what it is. But I think I think what you say is is accurate, though. Like, we have a 17-game sample of the 49ers being, for the most part, dominant. But then you have this two-game sample <laughs> in the playoffs of them having to piece together ways to win yeah and i don't think they're going into this game and they're putting up 30 like how they were during yeah, the yeah, season. Yeah, i don't yeah. think that's happening i think my yeah. prediction right now would be like 23 17 49ers right now i think it's gonna mm. be a lot of defense or whatever and i'm giving the edge to the 49ers because they got cmc debo yeah. you and all those other guys mahomes is obviously one of the greatest to ever do it but I, I just like the niners weapons to get him enough points that's what's funny is to me like all of everything you just said like if you stacked up position by position the niners are coming out on top at a lot of them Running back for sure, wide receiver for sure, tight end is a a push. Maybe you lean Chiefs, given given Kelsey's kind of uh, track record. Particularly, it's even how, there. We, we, they're the two best but, tight ends in the league. Yeah, but particularly with with Kelsey, how good he is in the playoffs. So okay, so maybe you lean Chiefs there. Offensive line is like a wash. The Chiefs' offensive line is not very good, but neither San Francisco's uh, defensive line. You're probably taking San Francisco linebacker. You're probably taking San- so you see like. The, the playmakers are there for the 49ers. The roster is there. But all of that is just overshadowed to me by Mahomes. It just... Well, yeah, because you look like at... None, uh, none of it might matter. Yeah, because you look at them. like They play, They didn't play great all regular season. Just call mm-hmm. it what it is. They kind of, I don't want to say got by, but Mahomes carried them. Yes. And then come playoff time, honestly, I think they're playing the best football all, their, their best football all season. Mm-hmm. Um, I've kind of pointed to that Bills game where they put up, I think it was like 27-24, however, mm-hmm. however many points or whatever. It looked kind of like, all right, let's, it's kind of like back to normal. So, like, it's back. Yeah, without the weapons and all that, somehow Mahomes just makes the machine go still. I hate it. I don't know. He's I really it. good. He's, the, he's one of the greatest ever. He's, he is. And that's why. <laughs> that's how do, why how do you feel going into this? Yeah. <laughs> like, how do you feel going <laughs> no, into this against the GOAT? That's, what, that's, that's the funny thing is, like, if they lose, it's like, well, yeah, that's Patrick Mahomes. Done it again. But on the other hand, I'm of the belief, and James and I talked about this a little bit earlier, but I'm of the belief that, like, this is it. Like, this is their last shot with this group of players in this coaching staff. Talking about for the... For the 49ers. 49ers? Yeah. And if they don't... So there's this, like, anxiety that comes with that of they've been really close in four of the last five years. They've been so close. And if you go through this five-year run and you leave it without a title... It's really hard to imagine, like, oh yeah, they'll get there, they'll they'll be back, like they'll just be back, like they got a bunch of dudes that are getting old. Yeah, I, I get that. And let me ask you a question: Is this a is this a Kyle Shanahan legacy game, dude? The legacy game thing, yeah, yeah, for now, and like, I'm saying, for now, like, but but 
Go he's ahead. still a top five coach and all that. We're, like he's not. Oh, like he lost fire Shanahan or whatever. But it's more so. At some point, you got to win the big game, right? Yeah, no doubt. But it's legacy for now. Like Andy Reid's legacy was wow, what a joke. Time management. He stinks at time management. And now all of a sudden he gets Patrick Mahomes, he's one of the best coaches of all time. Yeah, and he carried that and all first sudden, legacy for about 13 years or so. Right, and everybody looks back at those Eagles years and goes, man, look how successful the Eagles were. Look at all the playoff trips. Look at all the playoff wins. Nobody looks back and goes, yeah, Andy Reid has, has two, three Super Bowls, two Super Bowls with Patrick Mahomes. Two, yeah. Yeah, they, they, they've won two with Patrick Mahomes. Man, but look at all the years with the Eagles. It's just He's just an all-timer now. Yeah. There's, I heard somebody on a podcast the other day go, man, if Bill Belichick doesn't get back into the NFL, Andy Reid's going to surpass him as the coach of, of this of, of this era. Maybe not. It's like, I, that's a lot. But that's but that, that, that illustrates, I mean, whether that's true or not, TBD, but that illustrates how much, you know, you talk about legacy game. For now, yes. If the 49ers lose, there is going to be on this program, on, on D'Lo and Kenny, on first take or your favorite sports talk show. It's going to be like, can Kyle Shanahan ever win the big one? Kyle Shanahan falls short again. Yeah, because you know they're going to tie the, the Falcons one to him too, which yeah, is the weirdest is thing crazy. that people do. It's so nuts. The, the the Patriots had 200 yards in the fourth quarter by the like fourth quarter alone. 200 yards and a half is a lot. Dan Quinn got a second job because Kyle Shanahan got the blame for Bro, that job. Yeah. <laughs> That's facts. Nobody, nobody talks about yeah. Dan, Dan Quimble a twenty-eight to three lead or whatever. I was listening to a sports talk radio show on the way into work, so it was like early morning. It was one of those East Coast shows, and they literally were talking about the, the that Super Bowl, and they went, "Who is the head coach?" They didn't even know that Dan Quinn was the head coach. It's the weirdest thing. But no, you're right. He, that gets that gets put on him, right? And that's okay. What it is, it is what it is. I think it's ridiculous, but if that's going to be the case, then yeah, you're going to see if they lose this game, particularly. And I think this is built. If the Niners lose, and they lose twenty-three to seventeen, it's just kind of like, man, all right. Chiefs were a buzzsaw. Niners didn't play well enough. We lost. If they get blown out, it's like, man, they really just kind of fell apart down the stretch. Chiefs turned into a buzzsaw. Wow, what a defense! The Brock Purdy question comes up. Like, dude, they got into the biggest game and they got they lost thirty-eight to ten. Like, oof. If, but, if if they were to lose, how how would you see it going? I think like the twenty three to seventeen where the Chiefs are just kind of like better. I got you. But if they blow a late lead, there's no coming back from that. If they're up twenty to ten going into the fourth quarter, and they lose twenty four to twenty, yikes! We're getting the Shanahan late quarter stats out. Oh, dude, a thousand percent. And that's when. So I think any loss, but particularly that kind of loss, like that would sting. Yeah, don't. A loss with a story behind it. Yeah, it, and you're going to get the, can Kyle Shannon, can the 49ers ever do it? Da, 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 da. Like, that's going to be the thing. But, dude, if if it turns out that Brock Purdy is, and I don't think he is, so calm down. If it turns out that he is Tom Brady and just hides and masks all these mistakes moving forward and the 49ers win the next four Super Bowls or four out of the next ten Super Bowls, nobody's turning around and going, yeah, but Shannon didn't win the big ones then. So his legacy is tarnished. Well, it's, it's like you just, said, it's a legacy game now, but three years from now, what are we talking yeah, about? Yeah, it'll define what people think of Kyle Shanahan moving forward. But I don't. I it, it's not like oh, I think they should fire him if they leave. I'm not going TC on him. Yeah. I, I, or if they lose, shout out TC. Shout out TC. Big big TC guys. But no, I, I just um, I don't know. I, I I'm already annoyed at the discourse. 
especially if they if they lose in the fourth quarter or if they blow a lead in the fourth quarter. Yeah, that's facts. I mean, like you, like looking at it, like realistically, just as it's a football game, like a, a team on the other side is pretty good still too. Yeah, right, it's the Super Bowl. Yeah, it's probably one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time, and it's probably one of the greatest coaches of all time. Yeah, like the, the, so you go to all right, so they lose in twenty nineteen to to Patrick Mahomes. Like they just third and fifteen. Niners got pressure. He completes it to Tyreek Hill. The wheels kind of come off from there. Jimmy Garoppolo can't make a couple of plays. Ball game's over, right? 2021, Jaquaski Tart drops an interception. Tart hauls that in. The Niners probably win that game. Yeah, that was a big momentum changer right there. Yeah, that's not like Kyle Shanahan. And then they had chances to go down and score, and Jimmy Garoppolo couldn't get it done. The Rams tied the game late. Niners don't get it done. Rams take the lead. Niners have a chance to go down and retake the lead. They don't. So that to me isn't like wow, Kyle Shanahan just didn't have him prepared, and then and then Brock Purdy gets hurt against the Eagles, which I personally I don't put that on Kyle Shanahan. So I, I there's nothing that's happened so far in Shanahan's tenure that says to me like oh he's not he can't be the guy they can't get it they cannot get it done because of him. Well, yeah, when they're not decimated by injuries, they're one of the four best teams in the league every mm-hmm. year. Yeah, like that, and that's the thing I do come back to though is there was talk about. So you remember in week seven and eight when they really got torched and, and a little bit less so in week six, but we'll lump week six in there too, that three-week that three week stretch where they lost three in a row. You you heard all about this effort from their defense. Like, man, the effort, the missed tackles were too high. The effort just wasn't there. They were out of gas, this and that. I heard that same kind of chatter after the NFC title game. And A, I think that's ridiculous. I think they just got pushed around. But let's say that's the case. And let's say they come out in the Super Bowl and it's the same thing where they they just look lethargic. That is the thing that I'll come back to and that I'm putting on the coach. Is it a coach thing or is it just a matter of that's just one of the team's weaknesses though? I feel that's like a, that, then that's on the coach to me. That's fair. If it's a mindset problem, because I gave, this is, I gave Kyle Shanahan so much credit in 2017 and 2018 and to a lesser extent 2020 when those seasons should have been over, right? They were 1 in 10 in 2017. Jimmy Garoppolo starts, they win five in a row. That wasn't just because of Jimmy. Jimmy Garoppolo made a big difference, but the team was still playing really hard. Yeah. 2018, Jimmy Garoppolo gets hurt. They won a late game against the Seahawks. They uh, nearly beat the Bears, who were a playoff team that year. They beat Denver down the stretch of that season. They were playing hard for all 17 weeks. And I'm going, man, that's coaching. Like These guys want to play for Shanahan and want to play for this coaching staff. If you're at the point that you're reaching the Super Bowl, and you run into an effort problem, <laughs> like that. That's that's where I turn around. And I'm going. What's happening there? What's happening in that locker room that made those players take the field and go? Nah, not today. See, all right, to counter I, your point though, isn't that just like a player problem though? Because if you need your coach to get you pumped up when you're in the Super Bowl, like that's on you. Yeah, I think. I, I mean, not, I, I think not a pumped bit. up, but like you said, like the effort and stuff on defense and all that. Yeah, I think. I think a little bit. Um, but I think when something like that happens. To me, it, it always comes back to the coach. Like, what's happening in the locker room that led that player to not be fully invested in the, the thing they've worked? And to be clear, I don't think that's going to be a problem. No, yeah, yeah. I don't think, I, I think the 49ers are in a space where I'm sitting here going, hey, this is probably their last shot to do this. George Kittle's 30. Christian McCaffrey's almost 30. Debo Samuel's almost 30. Eric Armstead is entering the twilight of his career. Um, 
they're they're in this spot that they're not going to have a ton of opportunities to continue. Trent Williams is in his mid thirties. Yeah, if anything, you turn it around. It's not their last shot, but it's their best shot. Everyone, that's it. everyone, that's is here. it, that's it, and that's why I know that that somebody might bristle like Kenny, going, they got to win one this year. This is just they got to do it. I agree. I don't think it's like I said. I'm not saying that it's fire everybody, blow it up, everything's a disaster if they don't, but. It is so hard to go to the Super Bowl. Oh, yeah. As you saw with the Niners the last couple of years. Yeah, I'm still waiting for my favorite team to win a playoff game. So <laughs> It is so damn hard. How many times have we seen a team that you go into the year and you're like, man, that's a great team. And then they, they flame out in the first or second round. There's always one every year. Every, right. It is so hard to go to the freaking Super Bowl. And I think expecting the 49ers to just go, oh, hey, they've been, they've been in the playoffs for the last five years. They've been to two of the last five. Super Bowls, they've been to four of the last five NFC Championship games. Yeah, they'll just kind of continue this. They'll just kind of continue. That's nuts. They've gotten so lucky to get to this point, and it's so hard at the beginning of a season to just circle a team. It was the it was the Niners and the and the Eagles, Niners Eagles all year. And then it was like, oh, maybe we'll sneak the Cowboys in there and sneak at the Cowboys. The Niners never left that upper echelon of team. Yeah, no, in the NFC. And then, you know, across the board, there's you know, the Bengals and the Chiefs and the Bills and the, and the Ravens. The AFC is so loaded. But the Niners were never really in question of like, hey, is this team a Super Bowl contender? Super Bowl outs come out every year and they're always near the top. Right. And that's really, really hard to do. And that's that's why I think this year, it's like, man, you had a, a n- not easy road, but as easy of a road as you're going to get in the NFC. You're probably, I don't want to say facing the weakest, I don't want to say weakest Chiefs team, but just... It is. This team doesn't have weapons on offense. It's the least dangerous of the Chiefs teams that have been in been in Super Bowls recently. Uh, Save for like, save for like the the twenty twenty Super Bowl, the twenty twenty season, twenty twenty one calendar Super Bowl where their offensive tackles were hurt. Yeah, and the Bucks just running for his life the entire game. Right, but like save for that, this is I, I think the most beatable Chiefs team. And you avoided the Ravens who kicked your ass. You avoided the Bills who looked like a buzzsaw. I, I, I just, you avoided the Dolphins, which I'll say for you. I appreciate that. Yeah, I got you. So <laughs> you avoided all these teams and it, you get a down down year for the Chiefs. If you're not doing it now, I don't know when you're doing it's it. Like we said, it's their best shot. Man. Like they'll be around next year. They'll probably win the division in the next three years. They'll be in the mix and all that. You'll be playoff, win games and all that. But like, Everything is there for them on Sunday. Yeah. I, just, mm. I think that's why it's so nerve-wracking. Oh, I bet. Like, I'm just a... I try really hard. I'm going to be vulnerable for a minute. I try with my podcast and with my writing job to be, like, down the middle. I don't call myself a journalist. I'm not. Like, James left the radio show early to go cover a press conference. He's at every home game for the Kings. I am not that. I go to some Niner games. I'm not around. I, I blog... I, I watch the team. I follow the team. I don't consider myself a journalist. I'm more of a commentator, right? Yeah. It's the same thing like Stephen A. Smith, commentator. Don't consider him a journalist anymore. Skip Bayless. He used to be a journalist. Now he's a commentator. Okay. That's where I land. But I try and like play down the middle. I try really hard to leave my what I want aside. And I look at it as objectively as humanly possible. And are my glasses rose-colored, red? You know, sometimes. Yeah, probably. Like that probably feeds into some of it, but I really try hard not to. Um, with this game specifically, 
I am trying so hard not to lose my mind. Like I try really hard to like, like, all right, I'm going to be, I'm going to like write and it's going to just be like down the middle and I'm not going to like freak the hell out and I'm just going to stay within myself. And then sure enough, first big third down of the game, I'm like standing up, I'm like hands on knees, I'm like deep breaths. I sweat a lot. That's just part of it. That's just part of being a fan. I know, I know. And it's just, I'm, I'm, as I was growing up, I, I loved being a, a sports fan and I, and I, and I still do. But when I started to get into journalism and I started to see what it is about, because I was my degree at Sac State was journalism and uh, and mass comms. Shout out to the comms department. But my my whole thing was like, man, I I hope I cover a team that's not one of my favorite teams because I wanna I don't want to have to like lose my fandom. And my fandom's definitely different now, mm-hmm. but it's not gone. Yeah, like I still stress out. I, I feel like, I feel like times are different now too. Oh, like, for sure. Where, like back then, it's like old school journalists. No cheering in the press box, blah, 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 back blah. Back then? That. My college years are back then? That's crazy. Well, not you that back hurt. then. That no, hurt. No, 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 no. <laughs> you, you, you with me. You're good. You're good. You're good. You're good. Right. We handled the bars together. You're good. Sweet. All right, we handled Sky River together. We're good. Hell yeah, we do. But, um, Shout out 32 Bruce Street. No, it's, it's different now. I think I think now you, can, you can't be a full-fledged fan and all that. But like you said, it's just, you can feel it still. Yeah, it's Bill Simmons. Like exactly. Bill Simmons started this mm-hmm. when he became a, a nationally known person. That was when it became, and you see like people on like the ringer and you see people at, at, at like, you got Ian Rappaport tweeting about how much he loves the Mets. Yeah. yeah. I just feel like 20 years ago, you never would have, would have seen anything like that. But, uh, yeah, man, I'm, I would, I would obviously, I would love to see the 49ers win, uh, particularly like putting aside what I, what I want. And what I would, I would love to be able to celebrate that, like with my mom, like that's our, like we've been going to Niner games since I was eight years old. But aside from that, like there's a content thing. <laughs> yeah. It's like, man, I need to, I don't want to talk about another freaking Super Bowl. Loss. Yeah. I'm, I'm asking you about that too. Cause like you've been producer at um, other stations and stuff like that. Like, is this just going to be like your first like show hosting after like a big Niners game? Not like a divisional round or whatever, but like after the Super Bowl where you like, you're going to have to share your thoughts and all that. Uh, I was on Niners post game for the NFC title game last year. Uh, but that was a weird one because it was like the game was over in the first quarter. <laughs> it was just kind of waiting for the clock to run out and yeah. figuring out how bad the score would be. Just and all that throughout the game. Yeah. It was just kind of over once he, once he was out. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, this will be the first time I've had to like come on after a championship loss if they lose. I mean, it could be a win maybe. Maybe. It's yeah. Gonna, it's going to be, it's going to be a good show to tune into on Monday. Yes. Oh no, no doubt. Like, there's gonna be so much to talk about. I just don't want to have to talk about another loss because I, like I said, I'm already tired of the Brock Purdy discourse. Yeah. I'm already tired of the Shanahan discourse. It's like, ugh. Well, it's another thing too. Is like you see your team go every year. Like, all right, finally, this is the year. Because my thing too is, I'm thinking like, if they don't win this year, they're kind of a modern version of the Buffalo Bills from the '90s. You're not losing yeah. the Super Bowl every year, but it's just like, all right, these guys just can't do it. Well, <laughs> and they were so good. And for what? Mm-hmm. Like for. The, the the Shanahan era 49ers, if they don't win a Super Bowl this year, are just going to be forgotten in NFL history. Yeah, they're just maybe, maybe you make some documentary about the best teams who never won. Maybe. Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, you can you can be there, but nobody watches that. Nope. Nobody cares about that. And I think that's where a lot of the like anxiety and the and the stress come in is it's like, like the Lions. All right, Lions lose the NFC Championship game. The Lions feel great about their chances to go back. Oh, yeah, that was the best year of some of their lives. The Niners. You saw it with the Eagles. Like, it is hard as hell to lose a Super Bowl and then just pick up the next year and just go back. So if you're wiping 2024 off the calendar, now you got to go to 2025? You lose some guys, too. You're losing guys? You guys got, you guys got guys getting older, less effective? 
Big game on Sunday, Kyle. It's enormous. So you've got you've got the the Forty Niners winning. Yeah, twenty three seventeen. Twenty three seventeen. Yeah, right. Put it together. They get points on the board. Shannon's finally going to do it. Is Kenny here? I would love to get Kenny's prediction. Kenny's he's here, here somewhere. Yeah, he's, he's back there. there he's back. He's behind you. All right, that's fine. Is he wearing? What is he wearing? He's got the gold satin jacket on. I'm so jealous of that jacket. God, so sick. Yeah. Kim, Kim came by the studio the other day. She's like, hey, do you want a Niners friendship bracelet? I was like, uh, no, I don't think it'll go with my dolphin sweater I'm wearing right now, but thanks. Niners friendship bracelet? They're doing the Taylor Swift thing? Yeah, I guess. Are you in or out on the Taylor Swift thing? I'm in. Me too. Yeah. I'm all in. To be honest. Maybe that makes me lame, but no, it's if, good. It gets, if it makes more people watch football, I don't know why that's bad. Yeah. Like the complaint about like they show her too much. I'm not looking at my TV anyway, bro. Yeah. Between plays, I'm scrolling my phone. Like I said, close your um, close your eyes, cuff your ears, la la la. There. Yeah, like if you're annoyed by, I can't, like I get just it. People having fun. Not, just, just yeah, it's not fun. the end of the world, dude. Yeah, yeah. They show way more egregious things during football games. Exactly. I've seen Jaguars fans hop into pools of mayonnaise. And you want to talk to me about Taylor Swift? I've seen Ed Reed lay a wide receiver on Brandon Slant right down the middle. That's worse than seeing Taylor Swift. <laughs> All right. Wow. It's a take. It's a take. Uh, ask Kenny real quick who's, who's Kenny, winning, who's winning on Sunday. On. What's your prediction? Your mic is on. I'm coming. I need the people to see me. Oh, he, he wants oh, okay. the big here one. Here we mic. go. Oh, boy. I'll see you guys in the other studio later. Stay here. I just need the Thanks people sir. to see me. We're out in like 30 seconds. <laughs> Niners, 31 24. We're going to talk about them all. I'm going to tell you how we get there. I'm going to let you know how we get there. Let's go. All right. D'Lo and Kenny coming up next on ESPN 1320.